everyone. Welcome to the regular exclusive podcast. I am your host, Renee. And as you might have noticed, because I've never introduced the show before, uh, our co-host Jace is out this week. He's at a wedding out of town. Good for him. But I actually think we might have a better episode than normal for you today because we got some fun guests. Uh, two of my friends who I think are pretty much like I, I look at you guys as like film experts. I think you guys have good taste and you know your shit. So we're going to fuck shit up today. Have some fun. It's going to be great. So we've got Avery and Griffin. If you guys want to say hi, anything about yourself, put you on the spot. Yeah, I've never been referred to as a film expert before. So uh, <laughs> that is high praise. I really hope you're not setting the bar too high for your listeners. Oh, I'm just trying to make it so that you guys just have an uphill battle now the whole time. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Do we even throw the word cinephile around? That's just oh, too no. prestigious oh, for us. No. <laughs> These are some real like certified cinephiles. That oh, makes no. you guys sound super cool. Now the I actual like pressure is on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh you know i think it's okay to say that we all work together uh for new engine which is a great company honestly the best company <laughs> ever to work for we love it we're the new engine crew and this week we are going to be talking about a crazy ass movie that i've seen one and a half times and i'm still not sure i've actually seen it skin of Marink. it is a new movie that Came out in theaters this year, and then it is streaming on Shutter. Very controversial, and we'll get all to that in a minute. But just to kind of get started, I thought it might be fun if we shared some of our hot takes um, about movies in general. Anything it can be anything related to it, but I don't. I know you guys are in the channel at work, the hot takes, and <laughs> I just always think that's the most fun. I love going in there. So I think that's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. Nice. Do you do you want to start us off, Renee? No, Griffin, I think you can start us <laughs> off. Start us off? Okay. Because you like kind of like hyped up something and I need to hear this. <laughs> I didn't mean to hype it up too much. So so we talked about this a little bit before going on air, but we, uh, I mean, my like boring hot takes are not liking Forrest Gump or the Shawshank Redemption, which I think in certain circles would be considered like sacrilegious, but I think like among film Twitter is like not even a controversial opinion anymore. Plenty of people have like shit on both those movies. So I don't even really? feel like I'm treading new ground there. Oh, Forrest yeah. Gump, Forrest Gump for sure. I've heard other film people be like, no, absolutely not. I, yeah. yeah. And I can get that, but I really, that makes me judge you. I'm sorry that you don't like <laughs> Shawshank. I can't get over it. It's the most hopeful movie of all time. I love it. It's yeah. a little bit too sweet, maybe? Is that what it is? Or you said it's also, like, kind of the 1950s angle? There's definitely, like, a saccharine thing to it where I don't love how, uh, yeah, there's definitely, like, a, a sort of, like, everything gets wrapped up in a nice bow that I, I think is too clean and a little too, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I would quite say about it, but it's just not for me, I think, is, yeah. is the end of the day. But Interesting. I will say I had this, this was very much like a uh, middle of the night thought for me last night uh, where uh, I was thinking about um, the Truman Show, uh, yeah. which I haven't okay. seen in a long time. So I'm sure everything I'm about to say is going to be maybe slightly unfair to this movie. <laughs> uh, but I was thinking about like this idea of the Truman Show being 
Like the Truman Show can only really come from the mind of somebody who walks around in the world thinking like everything I interact with is designed with me in mind, right? Like mm -hmm. somebody who like goes, you know, in their office, they feel like every interaction is like, you know, designed to make them feel comfortable or to make, you know, sure that they are taken care of when they're in like cars or beds or like different physical scenarios they're like the thing is designed with them in mind and i was like this movie suddenly feels to me like it could only be written by like the whitest straightest most like male perspective Ew. ever yeah <laughs> no woman no person of color would ever make this movie because they i'm sure are not feeling like they're walking around the world ever feeling like oh yeah everything was made specifically so i would feel comfortable now Dude. I feel like I need to rewatch because I yeah. like that's such a hot take. That's a, I mean, I just feel like my mind is blown right now. That's yeah. like <laughs> incredible. That's like the most insight. Like I don't have insightful film takes like that. Now I don't want to go. I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> Renee's like, this is a wrap. <laughs> yeah, my yours has like that was like actually insightful and had like some something to back it up. Like shit. Of mine have no reasoning behind them. My hot takes—they're always just, you know, just my. I'm very emotional that way, very passionate. So yeah, mine's like I just hate it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Cool. All right, then Avery. What? I'm what's not that insightful. Um, I now, now you got to follow that. Good luck. I yeah, I hate action movies. Like, there's not a single action movie. And I, okay, so I went down a list of movies I could think of that I would maybe consider action. Like, the first one that popped in my head was Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I love. Mm -hmm. It's technically adventure. So I was like, okay, we're getting real specific, but, like, I might stand by action movies as big of a genre as, as that is. It just seems mm -hmm. like they're made for box office. Yeah. Like, everything's just big budget. How big of a, like, shock value can we get? And totally. Then, the plots never like follow up with the hardiness I'm looking for. And then as I was saying this to my fiance, he was like, so horror movies. And I was like, no, no, nope. not even close. <laughs> Shock value I get maybe, but like the ones I yeah. like always have a, a hardier plot behind them. So I'm like, don't come at me with that. Yeah. That's pretty much my hot take. I don't know. I got beef with action. I got you though on that. I really hate car chases because I get just a headache and I close my eyes every time so it's like they're doing nothing for me yeah like, I get like dizzy I'm like okay like I don't know why I like Marvel movies but like I pretty much enjoy them they're the only really action movies that I get like into at all mm -hmm. and even still some of the action makes me fucking dizzy so they're not really my jam either but like my boyfriend is obsessed with them like he that's like his movies like he just wants the big action he doesn't like uh, an oscar-winning movie that would be like his nightmare like he hates that well he also hates horror movies but that's just because of jump scares like is everything he like else a transformers guy like does he love no transformers? thank god okay thank god. i don't think okay. i could ever associate with anyone who claimed to be a transformers fan Griffin, <laughs> like, we're waiting i'm, I'm not a transformers fan but you know god uh but no shade to Transformers fans. No shade. No, no shade. All shade. All shade to Transformers <laughs> fans. Those, they don't even exist, I don't think. I don't know why they keep making those movies, but they piss me the fuck off. They're like, I mean, Jesus. Okay. Anyways, that was a good hot take, though. And I'm sure people will be very, a lot of guys probably will be upset about it. But you know what? I get it. All the respect. Just All the respect. Just not my jam. Just not me. <laughs> 
I don't have a lot of respect for my hot takes. I feel like I'm just kind of like a dick about it, but like, it's just how I feel and I can't get over it. So like, I think I mentioned to you guys how I just have weird hatred of like Daniel Day Lewis and Tom Cruise for different reasons. Tom Cruise is like super valid. I feel like that's another one you could bring into like movie circles and other movie people are like weird vibes. I recently said on our Top Gun episode, I was like, Top Gun, the original is his villain origin story. This is where Tom Cruise, that now he thinks he's fucking Maverick in real life, I think. I don't know. I, I, I had a case for it. I forget it already. But um, I also really hate, not as a person, I have to specify, but as an actor, I hate Keanu Reeves. I cannot stand wow. him as an actor. I wow. hate John Wick and all those movies because I think, <laughs> I think Keanu Reeves is the worst actor of all time. I don't wow. even believe him as a human being. I think he's an alien and he has not figured out how to fucking be a person because I never believe him. <laughs> that is that is a hot take. I mean, here's the thing. I think there's a whole thing in movie culture that I do kind of hate that is like, you know, we pick a character and then everybody... It, it becomes like a meme that we're all supposed to love them and and revere them, right? And yes. like Keanu is definitely one of those people, right? Where it's just like, you know, you never, even if you feel like not, even if you like him but don't love him, I feel like that can be a controversial opinion. Like, oh you know, yeah, you don't want to say that in like too public of a sphere because people will come for you. But like, but here uh, I am declaring <laughs> it for yeah. the world. I don't care. Come yeah. at me, bitches. That surprises me about you, Renee. You strike really? me as a Keanu fan. I don't know what it is. That oh really shocked God. me. You know what it is that really put it over the edge? And now I have like a burning hatred of him is the goddamn John Wick trailer where he's like, when they're like, he's like, people keep asking me if I'm back. And yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. I'm like, That's <laughs> the worst line I've ever heard ever anyone say in a whole, like, I just couldn't believe it. And that trailer... <laughs> Has, that was like the <sighs> fucking main part of the trailer. It was like played a billion times online. And I just saw that trailer again recently for like an HBO ad. And I was like, why the fuck are we seeing this again? Aren't we on like John Wick 4? I think what I the saw hell? that trailer. Yeah. yeah. Was so I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> I can't handle him. But but Fair see, enough. this is fun. You get to kind of like learn a, like weird ticks or like, I don't know, just things that make us angry, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I will say I don't trust people who don't have at least one or two like completely bonkers unpopular takes about movies like that is that is a way of like you know in the same way of like getting to know somebody in a in like a dating setting I'm like that is how I like identify whether you are yeah like I don't even have to agree with your crazy takes I just need to know that you have them exactly Exactly. you have to feel something about anything I don't care what it is, as long as it's not a certain, I mean, there's certain things. Like if I met someone and they were like, my weird take is that I'm obsessed with Morbius. I'd be like, we are not compatible. I'm, this is not happening. <laughs> we are not going to be talking after this. No shade to the Morbius lovers. Yeah, there's like definitely that's how, you know, like you got to get out of here. And definite shade all the way forever <laughs> to Morbius lovers out there. I haven't even Shade seen it. all the way. <laughs> I don't care. Come at me, bitches. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this was really fun. This is a good way to get started with this episode. I guess it kind of doesn't have anything to do with the movie we're going to talk about, but you know what? It was fun. So for sure, let's go ahead and we're going to take a little break and then we'll come back to talk Skinnamarink. In this house, 
Talk Skinnamarink. Um, this is a horror film um, from first-time director, right? I think he only did YouTube stuff. Um, is it Kyle Edward Bell? Ball, I think. Ball, excuse me. <laughs> Ball, really interesting. Yeah, I like it. So this movie just came out this year, and it's now streaming on Shutter. Um, it had a fifteen thousand dollar budget, and I believe. He shot it at his parents' house, and it made over $2 million in the box office. So that is, regardless of what you think of the movie, I think we can all agree that's an achievement, and that's pretty cool. I love to see it. You know, I'm rooting for anybody who's, like, doing stuff like that on a budget and making something pretty cool and different, because I definitely don't think I've ever seen anything like this movie. So the basic overview of the plot is two children wake up in the middle of the night to find their father missing and all of the windows and doors in the house have disappeared. So that's weird already. And like, (laughs) I I watched the trailer and then I was like, this is a movie? Like what? This feels like background music or something like background noise. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then hearing the controversy, like with the movie, which was, people were like really adamantly talking about how they loved it and thought it was the greatest horror movie of all time or nothing happened and it sucks and it's the worst. And they were like violently mad. So I feel like that was like a huge thing that made me like, Oh, I'm interested to see this no matter what I think of it. Like that was what sold me on it. Cause I love when people take a big swing. That's basically what it means. So what did you guys think? I agree. I think it was, um, I mean, I'll come out and say I am in the camp of people who really liked it. Uh, I think for me, it, I mean, we'll talk a lot about this, I'm sure, but like it raises so many uh, inspirations and so many references to other things. Uh, I think it like has tendrils that kind of like reach out and touch a lot of other things that I feel pretty passionately about. So uh i think that's pretty cool i'm also a person who you know despite trying to watch a lot of film has not watched a lot of experimental films so i think Mm -hmm. like the style of filmmaking here is pretty new to me um and uh yeah i i found it you know like certainly like there's a lot of uh i I think the pacing is one area where like a lot of people are either gonna love it or hate it right like Mm -hmm. it is very very I mean, I don't even want to say slow, but it's it takes its time making its point, right? And like not traditional, yeah. Not traditional, yeah. Like yeah. it is, uh, it is gonna take. I mean, and and that's part of the point, I think, right? Is like to give you time to like feel the eeriness of what's happening and like not rush through anything or like try to adhere to like too traditional of a pacing. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I yeah. kind of feel like it kept. I kept checking how much longer was left in the movie. I felt like it kept getting longer and longer. And I was like, is this part of the movie? Like, it won't ever end. It was feeling like the slow burn of all slow burners. Like, was, yeah, yeah, like painfully, like punishingly slow. I was like, what did I do? But that added to the fear level, you know, for me at least. That intensity of like, you. well, I'll say I was not a fan of the film. I fall into camp, not fan. But 
everything it's just the like artistic delivery method was what I was not a fan of I think the concept I think the plot I think everything about it is so awesome and like exploratory I love that it's like a minor budget became mm-hmm. had a lot of hype love that for this guy like I want to see more films like that honestly more experimental stuff but I struggled I really struggled to like sit through I had to do it in two watches I think Renee did too yep. uh and yeah I loved some parts of it but I don't know I had some moments where I was like holy shit I can't get through this <laughs> yeah I had that thought like no joke the every minute of the movie and I finally finished it and I was just like I was just curious when something was gonna be scary and to me it was like relaxing as fuck like I was like I would put this on and go to sleep like this might be my new nighttime movie it like it was like ASMR, like it soothes my black heart. Mm. <laughs> I was like, this is just like, it was kind of like, just, I don't know what it was about it. Maybe I'm fucked up in the head or I'm like desensitized to shit. But I was like, even when I was like seeing creepy shit, I was like wanting something creepy to show itself. And like, I wanted to be creeped out. And and I think when we talk about this movie, because good God. It's just like, I have so many questions, but I think my main question I wanted to ask you guys, and I'm hoping that you guys can explain it to me. It's like, what is the plot of this movie? Because I don't (laughs) think I would have ever figured anything out if I hadn't have read the article that Avery sent. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I had never read, if I didn't read that, I I mean, I was just going, did this all happen? Did I black out? Like, I don't remember. And I was like, I just finished watching it. <laughs> it was really hard for me to put the pieces together, too. And I think that's why some people are just like, can't stand it. Because they want it to be just like mapped out for them. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I'm totally in support of people like of movies that don't do that. Like, cool. But like, you know, that's not me. Like I one of the movies that I have like a really weird hatred for is Tenant Because <laughs> I've seen that movie twice and I don't understand a fucking thing that happened. I don't <laughs> think I've seen it ever. Like, I can't remember anything about it. And they, like, deliberately make it hard to understand the dialogue and all this other shit. And I just, I couldn't hang with it. I I need a little bit of plot, a little something. I need a, I'm not that smart is basically what I'm saying. (laughs) I need this explained to me a little bit easier. Like, as weird and artsy as I can get is, like, David Lynch. And I still struggle to understand that shit. But it's, like, that's as like dreamlike and bizarre as I get. I think I know. I, I still need a like, little something. I feel like I need Griffin as a fan of it to tell me <laughs> your immediate, like your immediate understanding of the movie. Yeah. Or did you need yeah, to go fair. down like the Twitter hole to like or Reddit sphere to like understand what you just watched? Um, I think maybe the difference between all of us is that I, and I don't want to speak for anybody else who enjoyed this movie, but like personally, me. Uh, I think I'm just not really, it doesn't bother me as much to feel like I'm walking out of a movie without knowing exactly what happened at every step Mm. of the way. (laughs) Like I, and I don't think that's like a better point of view or like everyone should get on my level or whatever, but like, uh, I, uh, and I think it's totally valid to, to not feel that way too. Right. To like, just feel like I'm a fan of a more linear story that is a little more explicit about what it's about. Yeah. I feel like that's a little more engaging for me. That's totally fair. And I, I don't think anybody, I think there's often this attitude that like, if you're a real film appreciator, then like mm-hmm. you have to be okay with stuff like that. Like, fuck that. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you can, you can like whatever you like. Right. Like, uh, and it doesn't yeah. make you any better or worse than anybody else. But, 
That's like a hot take right now, though, because I feel like like Nope brought that up. Like a bunch of people hated Nope because they're like, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nope is definitely like when you compare it to like Us or Get Out, it's definitely more like it it takes its time. It's less explicit. Mm -hmm. It's less, you know, it's not like spoon feeding the plot as much. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I totally get it. And I I think it's, um, you know, the one thing I'll say about it is that like, I think over time, the kinds of movies I appreciate change. And like, sometimes I do, like, sometimes it's in the direction of like, what I think people would consider to be sort of more pretentious or like more arty films. Uh, But sometimes it's like back in the direction of just like more basic crowd pleasing stuff. And like, you know, sometimes I'm just like, I don't have the fucking patience for, you know, uh, something, especially if I, I think a big factor is also like whether you are bought in on like the director and what you feel like they're trying to do with the movie or like what the story is. And and if that is compelling to you, like, I think we're all walking in with sort of a, a certain level of patience for some movies and it's, it goes up and down based on like how, how much you're bought in on the idea of the movie itself. And imagine how much like horror gets a bad rap for being slow burn. Like you walk into a movie, you want that like, wow, from the get go. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get it, I feel like a lot of people just write it off. They're like, no, this sucks. Like I want to feel scared. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think I'm just, that, that explains it a little bit. I'm just curious, like what is so scary about this movie? Cause like, (laughs) I didn't think anything was, and I just felt like, it was just kind of relaxing and like soothing like the sounds and the cartoons like I mean maybe I'm I was a fucked up kid but like I really I was also always like I wish there was a ghost in the house that I would talk to because I was always like life is so boring compared to movies I wish something cool like that would have happened I think I would have been into it so maybe this is just not my nightmare what weirdly one of the few things that does not give me a panic attack (laughs) <laughs> I think it's like the dead air that gets because this movie made me uncomfortable there are definitely parts where I felt uneasy and like it is the dead space I think it's literally just like that's that floating staticky white noise like mm-hmm. I constantly need noise like I need to fall asleep to tv I need like music playing Same. if I'm working so I think it's just that like we're gonna sit here and we're gonna be silent and there's gonna be like a dark corner that just no I'm I can't yeah I have to know what's in the corner noise like i need something (laughs) yeah yeah it's just like the office when gabe's like maybe the director (laughs) knew that even narrative was comforting it's like yeah i feel like that's the thing is that this is uncomfortable because you don't know what's happening and it's so surreal and weird and like i get that for sure i think it's just maybe it's too elevated for me i think i'm not like a a lot of elevated horror goes over my head at first. Like I have to watch that a few times. Like, mm. you know, I'm very much in the the vein of like, I mean, I love a silly or like crazy ass horror movie, like Malignant. That's mm-hmm. like my fucking number one <laughs> horror movie of all time. I want horror. that all day. And I'm cool with the fact that there's no message, no importance behind it. Cause I don't think every movie needs that. It is pretty silly. Yeah. Yeah. It's silly. But then, I just like I think this movie at least has like some quality to it. I think it's just I don't it doesn't respond I think I just don't respond to it but what I plan to do is like take some shrooms and watch it again (laughs) and like maybe then I will like you know maybe then I'll really have a panic attack I don't know but it kind of sounds like an experiment because like I would love to feel something from this movie okay well that's a good question like should we all vote would you watch again so we've set our stance on if we like it or don't like it 
Yeah. So like, when'd you watch it again? And how soon do you think you could rewatch a movie Ooh. in that like style? Good question. Oh, God. I, I would definitely watch it again. I do think I want, I, so I saw it probably like a week ago, maybe a little more. Uh, and I think I would give it some time to marinate before I watch it again. I'm, it's not going to be love like that good in... word choice. <laughs> marinate. I would, I would probably watch it in like two or three months again and see how I feel. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna need some drugs and maybe never if I. <laughs> but we'll see. Maybe but if never. I like, if I get really bored, I'm like, you know what? I might try that experiment. It sounds like it could work. Like, it makes me want to go down more like experimental horror genre. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit because I'm like, okay, if some of this tickled me, then I feel like there's got to be something that falls further into the genre that like I want to be tickled again does it for me yeah I know tickled by horror aren't you guys I am I mean I am (laughs) a lot of the time I find this stuff relaxing I love it I I listen to people screaming to go to bed like I don't know why that soothes me I think I'm a freak so maybe that's why can we talk about that that's a thing like I was reading about this recently how like there is really and I don't know what the common thread between people who do it is but like it sounds like we all might be in the same camp of people who like put on a horror movie and take a nap like yeah yeah that is extremely my jam (laughs) oh that's a hundred percent what I do like I literally took a nap the other day watching as above so below and I'm like that movie's like really stressful normally you know but Mm -hmm. I think I could just fall asleep when a horror movie's on because it's like it's just soothing because it's like for me as an anxiety riddled person I find that it like helps me release it in yeah. a safe way versus like mm-hmm. just bottling it all up all the time and then exploding and being like stressed out you know it just I think it's a healthy exercise I would never face any of my fears like this in person though it's like, like you essentially yeah, yeah. scared you're like yeah. I'm allowing yeah. this this is under mm-hmm. my terms exactly and I used That's, to be such yeah. a scaredy cat but I feel like you as I've grown up, it's just, it takes more to scare me now, but it helps me feel a little bit more courageous, but. Mm. Yeah, I'm a former scaredy cat as well. Are you a former scaredy cat, Griffin? Like as a kid, no scary movies. Oh, totally. I cried. My brother-in-law wore (laughs) a a jigsaw mask once when Saw came out (laughs) and he like popped out of the corner sobbing and he was like dating my sister at the time. So it was like really mortifying for him. But yeah, I was a huge scaredy cat. Oh my gosh. No, I was totally, yeah. I mean, as a kid, I like, when I say I was, like, a scared kid, I think, like, it would be hard to overstate, like, how intense that was. Because, like, I was, like, I had, like, a, this is probably getting into way more of my personal background than, like, a film podcast warrants, but, like. Feel free to share everything. But, like, when I was, all right, so, like, when I was a kid, I was, like, probably a pretty normal kid up until, probably, like, second grade. And in second grade, like, a switch kind of flipped in my brain, and I, like, all the anxiety stuff started like all at once for me in like the, and it's probably still like that time period is the most intense anxiety I've ever had in my life. Like it's, it's been bad at various times since then, but like, you know, mostly it's been a downhill trend from there. Wow. But like, yeah, as a kid, the, the list of things that would like trigger panic attacks for me is like wild. Like I could not get on elevators. I could not get uh thunderstorms were like, horrifying to me uh like going and sleeping at like another friend's house for the night was like something that I like was super hard doing like yeah yeah like just 
like almost everything you can imagine a kid being scared of. I was like totally terrified of. You know, I just feel like that's great because I think we we were all the same. It sounds like and <laughs> pretty terrified, but look at how much we've overcome. But I think this is actually a good transition. Uh, so I was thinking we could talk about some childhood nightmares and fears and things like that. Since like it, that's the one thing I think I understood from this movie is that it's like supposed to be like the nightmare of a child and like this that feeling and it's like shot from that perspective right did i get that right at least i think so yeah i mean okay. like, I like it's a common theme yeah. for sure just say yes guys come on no do you do you feel like it because i think that was my even before reading about it now i understand this is like very much a common thread in the way that people talk about this movie but very much like as i was watching it i was like this does very intensely feel like a bad dream i would have when i was six years old mm. yeah it felt like a dream state almost because of the quality of the movie too. Like yeah. the haze of it, like the low qualityness feels like your subconscious, you know, like when you're sleeping. Yeah, for sure. I, I think when you're a kid, there's that like kind of unique way that you feel fear where like you don't really have a great understanding of like physics or like what is possible in the world. And so mm -hmm. like you just imagine things that, you know are like we would understand now to be impossible but like as a kid you you have no idea right like there could be a monster in the closet you know the house could collapse all of a sudden and like swallow me up like you know i don't know enough to know that that's not gonna happen i mean i still think that so like <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i've ever lost my childhood mindset i think i still am like terrified of all that improbable shit like, I'm like, you know, I just, uh, it stresses me out to think about it because apparently it's something that I need to be worried about. Even though I've, I do know somewhere in the back of my head it's not possible, but like, that doesn't stop me from being fucking scared of it. <laughs> yeah, Avery, like, does this feel like childhood nightmares that you had? Um, I think that's why this, like, Skinamarink set a weird little feeling in me because, like, as a kid, I always had nightmares of waking up and, like, my parents were gone. And this is, like, very, like, nail on the head head on the nail whatever that saying is i feel like nail it's on the head yeah thank you i feel like that is like too accurate but like i remember waking up in the middle of the night like walking out and like having to check my parents room and being sure they were in oh bed oh my god yeah and being wow. like cool check check okay going yeah. back to bed like peace of mind yeah. i don't totally, like <laughs> totally like fear of abandonment fear of like waking up uh, and being alone somewhere I totally totally relate to that yeah, so that part of it definitely freaked me out. I also don't like, I wouldn't say I was claustrophobic necessarily, but I didn't like doors being shut as a kid. Mm, so like, bathroom door's got to be open, bedroom door's got to be open, like, mm -hmm. you shut that door except a closet, because like, let's not go there, monsters are in the closet. Exactly, <laughs> that's just a known fact. Right, but, right. <laughs> so then the lack of doors, I was like, oh shit, oh my god, like, yeah. <laughs> there's not yeah. even the option. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That is, that's the stressful part about this whole situation, I think. And like, as a kid, I def like, I definitely would have been afraid of this if I saw this when I was younger, I think. Like, this would have oh, fucked yeah. me oh, up. Yeah. Like, this, like, I'm sure that I had this fear when I was a kid. I don't really remember it because I think it's just I have too many nightmares and like scary things that I thought of when I was a kid that like have never, they've scarred me for life. And it's like, I have too many to count. So I, that one just got lost in the mix. I think. <laughs> I think if I was ever scared of it, like I used to have a recurring nightmare for 10 years, at least about Jumanji, the original one with wow. Robin Williams. That's how much oh of a God. fucking scaredy cat I was. Wait, what was the nightmare about? 
It was specifically about like being stuck in the jungle, like when he gets sucked into the game. I hated yeah. that. And then also yeah. the quicksand part. I have like that's oh, still yeah. like something I have not like recovered from because like growing up and it's like a millennial, I feel like all I saw in like movies and TV <laughs> and cartoons was fucking car- quicksand. And I thought I was going to do this shit every day. So <laughs> I think it just scarred me for life because I saw that movie when I was like five. So I just I was terrified of that. I also ne- hadn't seen Jurassic Park for a long time because I was terrified of that growing up, specifically really? of going, yeah. going to the bathroom because mm. <laughs> I always like misremembered the part where the lawyer gets eaten off the toilet. I thought he was <laughs> yeah. taking a fucking shit. So like I always thought his pants were down and he was like literally just going to the bathroom. That was how my childhood <laughs> brain right like and so I was like I'm never using the bathroom again. He was <laughs> sitting on the toilet to be forever. Fair to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like well it was mostly like at public places or like outhouses like my my parents oh, would always yeah. fucking take us camping which I hated that too. <laughs> and so I was like I'm not going out here. Oh, this is where the dinosaurs like a camping are bathroom in. like a public camping yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And I just feel like my brain is never really like I don't care if, like, I know that dinosaurs don't exist. Like, I'm still going to be terrified of them. <laughs> like, right. That's a, when you're a kid, regular, you don't know. Yeah. 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 It's just, like, I'm more of, like, the, the type of person where it's, like, I don't necessarily believe in ghosts and, you know, that dinosaurs can come back and whatever. But it's, like, I don't not believe that it could happen. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. if it happened, I would be ready for it, I think, is what I'm trying to say. I, this is why I watch horror movies. Prepare. Yeah. You're preparing. Yeah. So I'm I'm surprised that this movie did not affect me because I'm such as a child too. I was just so stressed out from horror and creepy things. So I mean, not even horror. Like you know, Jumanji's a kids movie. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. just feel like I should. I was surprised I wasn't scared. I think it's the shrooms. I need to do that. Maybe connect with my <laughs> inner child. Well, I think like watching this movie is a def and like comparing it to your feelings about it, Renee, is a good example of how like all of the movies that are scary about houses are people just inflicting their internal trauma and like making mm. up mm. what they're seeing. It's like them processing trauma, and like so it all comes back to the person. So it's like because you saw Jurassic Park, you like couldn't go to the bathroom, and <laughs> these, these people are imagining this crazy shit's happening in their house because they're processing that their like mom died in a really yeah. graphic way or something. Oh, yeah. So it's like, it all comes back to, yeah, like what this movie's about, but not. (laughs) I did. Okay. So then maybe the toilets disappearing was like pretty scary for me because that would be stressful. (laughs) When those disappeared, I was like, oh man, now we're talking. Speaking (laughs) of somebody who lives in a house with one bathroom, I I can tell you that the idea of a toilet disappearing or not being available is a very real fear I have at this point in time. (laughs) Like dealing with that That's on a regular so basis. Yeah, I have that fear of not. <laughs> yeah, definitely toilet access is a common yeah. theme in what I'm afraid of. Yeah, exactly. I would like to also clarify that I have since recovered and I can use the restroom normally. <laughs> so I just want to put that We're out there. Proud of you. This We're wasn't like proud. another like ten year problem I had, but just I think because I saw fucking Jurassic Park when I was way too young. And my parents were just like, oh, she'll be fine. And then look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> she can go potty all by herself. <laughs> yeah. way, Work, girl. I know. <laughs> but you made a really good point about the, like, how it kind of connects to, like, what house horror does, which I think we're going to trademark right now because that's yeah. like, <laughs> we don't have a fucking name for it. So just stick with us. But, but I think, Griffin, you have a, a way better explanation for this than than I do. So 
please take it away. Yeah, I hope I I hope I do some justice to this fake idea that we've all come up <laughs> with. But uh, yeah, I it's it's funny because we we've talked about this being a thing in so many either movies or books we've read, and uh, I I like you, I'm like really surprised that there is not an easily Googleable name for this. I I feel like there must be somewhere, and maybe your listeners are like shouting at their you know their Spotify right now, like I know what it is, I know what it is. Uh, but it's like the idea of horror that comes from a structure, like we're calling it a house because it's often a house, but it could be something else like coming from like the architecture and like mm-hmm. how it moves in unreal ways or how it is unreal itself or like how, you know, kind of the the overall structure of the house plays into the horror of the movie. So like it could be anything from like, you know, we talk about it in Skinamarink as the thing of all of the windows and doors disappearing and suddenly you're trapped in this structure, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about other examples where like somehow, like the one that gets brought up everywhere we're, we're finding out in real time is like House of Leaves, um, mm-hmm. the, the book, uh, if everybody's familiar, uh, where uh, a group of people find hallways and rooms within a house that are far larger than the house itself so like they should not it should not be possible for these things to exist inside the house um but yeah just like the general idea of like how a house or a structure with some kind of unreal quality to it creates horror for the characters i love it it's definitely a freaky concept and it's like i think yeah the way to differentiate it is like the like I always think of like you know movies like Insidious or whatever where they like the kid get goes into the coma and he's like being possessed by the thing mm-hmm. and then they move and then like the same it, it's still happening again right so totally it's like the thing follows you which honestly that sounds worse to me because like I would fucking hate that you can't escape it you got to deal with it so that's just like I'm out I'm gonna bounce I'm gonna just kill myself but. I would say like a house horror would be fucked because like once you get in, they won't it won't let you out, right? Right, so, right. Like, you're kind of fucked either way, but well, I think one of them that's like The Conjuring is a good example where they like moved in and they were so broke and then they started getting haunted by whatever was in the space and they're like, okay, well we literally can't leave because we have zero money and like they're just stuck <laughs> yeah. there. I mean, I kind of feel like the message of most like ghost haunted house horror movies is that you should never fucking buy a house. I don't think I ever could. Yeah. Or buy a house that was built like last year. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then again, I still, I think I need to double check or do some research because even newer shit could have it. You know, you tear down some old haunted shit and now there's some other stuff. Like I don't, I don't know what's out there and I don't really want to find out. So I just think I'm going to be safe because if I'm in a rented space, I will never be that person in a horror movie that's like, well, all of our money's tied up here. We can't do anything. And in that case, I would probably just still fucking leave. <laughs> right? I do, like the idea of a, I do like the idea of rental horror where like, you know, the, the ghost is getting confused about like whether you or the landlord is the person it's supposed to be haunting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That could be like, a really good horror comedy. Look at your like mortgage agreement. Like I need to understand like who is yeah. legally in possession of this house. Um, I, I thought of one and I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I think it's a really effective one is uh, Hell House LLC. I've never seen it. Never seen it? Have I you seen check. it, Avery? Hold on. I gotta look it, it up. It's like found footage and it's like a, it's on Shutter, I believe. Um, and it's about these people, like it's all documentary kind of vibes of like there's interviews about after the event that happened on Halloween where like 30 people died at this haunted house. 
And then it's like you, they have the you they're the the cameras that the people had when they were setting everything up and all the freaky shit. So they're like in this creepy ass abandoned hotel and they're setting up a horror house. And then it's like that shit starts like there's like this creepy ass clown thing that like gets up and moves around and like all and then like hallways change and shit like that. And it's like this whole freaky story of what, and it's just like that place is like, I think eventually there's two sequels and they talk about it being like the gateway to hell. But I was like, oh, nice. that's the first thing I thought of was like something like that, where you're just, I mean, you're fucked the minute you walk in the door, you know? For sure. Yeah. I think there is, this is such like a widely explored topic. And and I think it's interesting that there's so many different ways people play with this idea of like a, a space that you're in being creating horror right like there's sort of the idea like you said of changing hallways and like you know i think the easiest reference for a lot of people even though it's not horror is like harry potter right where like the staircases move around and like yep. you know that is uh kind That's of remind you of like an escher painting yeah like uh yeah like that is that is one version of it and like that's the one i think like skin and rink plays the most directly with but Mm -hmm. There's also like, you know, we've talked a lot about like The Shining and like how there's this idea of just the, the structure itself being a character that is mm. inflicting horror upon the characters, right? Like, you know, the the hotel, uh, certainly in the book more so than in the movie. And and Stephen King is, is I think it's one of the things he, he probably doesn't love about the movie is that it, it isn't as explicit as the book is about the, the hotel being like a mm -hmm. malignant force that is creating horror for the characters. But oh, totally. I feel like in the movie, they make Jack seem so self-inflicted with his own chaos. Like, it does not seem like it's coming from... And you get so little tastes of, like, the special room that it doesn't, mm -hmm. like, push that enough. That it's like, no, it's the building, not right. the guy literally having cabin fever. Like, he's not just, like, part of the problem. Like, it's not attracted to him because of his negative energy yeah. or whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure yeah. I know it is in the book, but, like... It's also like I just feel like Jack comes across as a more sympathetic character in the book because he's not like so crazy and evil to start, which I think right. is like more fit to like the horror of that situation of like the cabin fever is that it's a really slow process mm -hmm. and it's like really fucks with your mind and it's a huge struggle. But I think like that the hotel in the book especially is just such a cool character and like it yeah. freaks me out like i mean the miniseries i don't know if you ever saw the the miniseries remake they did and uh it's it's not great i i'm like there's <laughs> there's no way that this is going to be successful like i know and stephen king like financed it like he got oh, the wow. right from cute from kubrick i can never say his name right i'm always like kubrick <laughs> um <laughs> and <He's> so like <laughs> he was like let's do it let's make it again and i was just like that was just a dumb idea i think but it is like uh, closer to the novel, but I just think that movie ended up working a lot better as a movie, the way that it's done. And I do yeah. think it still has some of that, the house horror vibes in it, especially like the maze and stuff. I know it's yeah. not necessarily like supernatural, but yeah. I get that vibe a lot in the maze sequence. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. The idea of like one well, and, and also, uh, you know, in the book, it is more explicit that like there is, the maze is changing, right? Like that there are physical things moving around in it. I hate that. Uh, it's yeah. so freaky. The, the Again, animal sculptures. Harry Potter. Are... The Again, animal sculptures. Well. So good, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Exactly. Harry Potter. Yeah. In the Goblin of Fire stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like I couldn't go to fucking as much as I wanted to as a kid. I don't think I would have made it at Hogwarts because I would have had a panic attack if I knew <laughs> that any of that shit was shit possible. Just moved around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. 
I mean, I would never make it to class if that was the fucking stairs. <laughs> yeah. I also have an irrational fear. excuse for never making it to class. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have like a paralyzing fear of going down the stairs because I always just panic that I'm going to trip and fall because I have done that on a few occasions. So like, it's like one of my biggest fears. I like always need the rail and I'm like shaking the whole way down. <laughs> so like if it was changing on me, I think I would have a heart attack. Nice. so like this i think this kind of vibe if i was in any sort of house where anything changed or was like not making sense i think i would instantly my mind would break i think i would just lose it because like the fact that that would even be possible is so insane right and horrifying because there's no way out i don't think well i like the idea that the house is the character like they're calling a house the character or the space the character yeah because it has that power in the movie or it has that much like control to change and it's just like that alone is like no for me i don't like it i'm out yeah Yeah. or like when they can like i love it when the house can like like at least i'm thinking like in hell house and then in 1408 it's like it does that thing where it like pretends to be the main guy when he finally gets through to his wife and it's like come to the room like i need you to be here and he's like no don't come but she can't see him (laughs) and she's and he's like it's just really interesting. And I, I, they do that in Hell House, too, where it's like some chick shows up and they're like, what? You were supposed to be watching outside? And she's like, you just called me and told me to come in here. So it's like the house is fucking inviting people in and trying to pull more people in. And it's like it's hungry and it like gives it a personality to me. It's like yeah. really freaky when it can do that. That's like really terrifying to me. You, you've both seen uh, the Netflix Haunting of Hill House, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I love yeah. That That's just again. what that made me think of, too, Griffin. Yeah, because I, I think what triggered me was like when you said hungry, because uh, I think, well, and there's the Shining connection, right? Because uh, yeah. Henry Thomas is, yeah, is in both of them. Uh, yep. When Henry Thomas's character in Haunting of Hill House uh, talks about how the house is hungry and like wants to eat the kids, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. This, this idea of like a very, a co- like a consciousness that exists in mm-hmm. the structure. Yeah. It's like energy feeding. That's horrifying. And I feel like, I mean, Granted, I know, I don't know if this is actually possible, but I feel like with the advances in AI and technology and shit, like this is something that could be possible is if you have a smart house and it goes sentient. I also recently pitched this on our episode about Megan because I was like, this could be the sequel because like she is merged with the Alexa type thing and taken over the house now. Yeah. So I'm like, let's just up the ante. And I don't know if you guys were ever into like Disney Channel movies. Smart house. Smart house. It's oh, yeah. my favorite Disney Channel original movie. Oh my God, Griffin, you're shaking your head. You have <laughs> to see this movie. I Go might have been it. just a, a touch too old for it, but I will check it out. No, Renee, <laughs> when the house shut down on itself, that shit left me with nightmares. Like yeah. as a kid, I was like, I don't like that this house just like like metals up all the windows and all the yeah. kids are like trapped inside. It's Ooh. scary, right? And then it can like put the like it turns it like the environment against it. It creates like a hurricane in the house. Like it's <laughs> horrifying. I, I recently rewatched this after watching Megan because I was like, this has got to be where they're going with with Megan. Same too. vibe, yeah. Same yeah. vibe. I'm like, I could. This is like possible now to make your house so sentient that it becomes one of these fucking house horrors, which is not the direction we should be moving. I think we should be moving against this. I don't know why people want this, but they're trying to make it a reality. Yeah. And that's why I think the end times are upon us. In short. I think there is, I, I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to uh, give free advertising to another podcast on this podcast, but. Um, yeah, shut the hell up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. We, we shut up. Another, another unnamed podcast. That was the, uh, on the Blank Check podcast. They were talking I about. Love Blank uh, Check. 
there is a, uh, uh, I think it's the Halloween episode, uh, the episode about the movie Halloween that they did where they talk about this idea of uh, horror uh, converting from, like in the 70s, converting from this idea of like, especially religious horror being kind of the primary focus to... Hail Satan, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, to uh, like what, what Halloween did that was interesting is that it like brought horror to the suburbs, which were like, you know, not new in the 70s, but like relatively new, right? Like it was, you know, culture was kind of catching up to the idea of like what the suburbs meant culturally and like what, like how it created for a lot of people this feeling of safety and like- uh-huh. uh, I was gonna say suburbia like, safety, man. Exactly, right? Like you were kind of shielded from the, the violence of the city or like the crime and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it brought this idea of like horror can get you even in this place where you feel safe. And I think that's maybe at the core of like what is interesting about house horror too is like this, if you're going to feel safe anywhere, like you're going to feel safe at home, right? Like that is the one yeah. place you can trust. Yeah. Yeah, that's ah. yeah, that's a great point, Griffin. See, I told you I was right when I said you're a film expert. First off, <laughs> you just proving my point, so congratulations. I would call myself a person with opinions. Griffin's yeah. just like connecting dots for us out here. As me, Renee, Thank just God. like throw dots on the board. Yeah. Griffin's like that connects to that. Thank <laughs> fucking God, I love it. Um, <laughs> this is what we need, like all the time. Keeps but me uh, and Renee's like two brain cells going in the same direction. Yeah, always. <laughs> always in the same direction but yeah it's funny that you say that because like I always think like just we were talking about Stephen King and my favorite Stephen King book not overall book but like from the older stuff is Salem's Lot which was like in 1973 I think when he published that and it was or maybe 77 but it's like he basically this plot is like Dracula in a small town in suburbia America like what would that be and that's why I was like I fucking love that because he's like, yeah, he. how could he fucking operate, you know, in small town America? Like, because he yeah. was like, if I brought him to America, I think he originally thought New York City. But then he goes, well, that wouldn't work. He'd get hit by a cab right away. <laughs> and I'm like, that's hilarious. But that's it is really true. Funny. It's like small town America is that safety net. And I think he's gone back to that a million times because it's like a really ripe thing for horror. And oh, that's like God. that comfort that you feel. And like nowadays, they've just really continued that. I would say hotels also fit, but it's like, I don't know how comfortable yeah. we ever feel at a hotel, but like, it's kind of a naturally freaky place. Totally. So it kind of fits. And like, I like the idea of like 1408 where it's not the entire building. It's just one weird room yeah. and it feels more of like a sci-fi kind of thing where it's like another dimension or something like, like a gateway, right. like a yeah. gateway to some other world that you're in it. Like fucking, cause everything changes just in that room. And it's like, he's like calling the cops and it's like the cops are in the room and they're you're not in there and it's like i'm in the room what are you talking about like <laughs> oh my god as fuck, you know like totally totally that's what's interesting too is like how it can kind of be used in different ways or like just like a little like a little space between realities i think that's fucking cool i wish i don't know if i wish that that was real but like i kind of think it'd be really interesting i'm sure that there'd be horrifying shit on the other side but like would be interested in seeing that <laughs> i agree i agree i think that's really cool yeah the idea of like this this yeah particular space where you are meant to feel comfortable being uh you know being the exact place where you're least safe yeah yeah and all these movies i feel like too have kind of different reasonings for like why they're haunted either like some of them don't give an explanation at all like it's just this place is fucked yeah but yeah. others it is more of like a this could just be like a weird gap in realities where we're like overlapped with some fucked up shit that's happening in some other worlds or like, 
or the person's like losing their shit the whole time or they're losing their mind like there's psychosis yeah. yeah or like the house is just an evil place like or like on top of fucking the gateway to hell i mean something that's something insidious one. but like yeah. yeah like just something hor- horrifying like there's all these different reasonings for it and that's why i'm like it's especially terrifying because there's not one reason that you have to be like worried about it's like it could be fucking anything there could not right. even be a reason yeah totally agree i think uh just to like bring it back to Skidamarink, I think that is like the, you know, they, they really clearly play with that idea a lot of like showing you, there's a lot of like juxtaposition of like showing you things that are meant to be comforting against the backdrop of something that is meant to be terrifying, right? Like showing you all the Lego pieces like against this backdrop of like darkness and uh, the unknown, right? Or like, you know, showing you like in your parents' bedroom where like we talked about this earlier, like the idea of you know, when you would wake up scared at night and you would go into your parents' bedroom to make sure they're still there, like that being a source of comfort. Mm-hmm. But like now they have like flipped that into this idea of like you're in the parents' bedroom and that is specifically where the worst thing is happening. Right. Yeah. Like it's yeah. The opposite of comfort. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. And are we doing spoilers? Sorry, I don't know if I should like No, talk go ahead. About I was gonna say yeah. like, yeah, feel free to like like go into spoilers if you want to. Like we've I mean, if it's possible to spoil this movie, I'm not really <laughs> sure because I feel like I really don't know what the plot would be. So feel free to to go into that. I'm sure people probably, if you have watched this movie, you might need some fucking help. <laughs> well, I, think, I think what you're hitting on is definitely something that I agree with that like there is a lot of room for interpretation here, right? Like even if mm-hmm. you like agree on like generally what's happening, there's a lot of room to like interpret, you know, what does it mean or like what, you know, what are we supposed to take away about what's happening to the characters in this scene? And I think, yeah, like the, I I will say like one of the most affecting scenes for me in this movie is the one where uh, the sister whose name, like Kaylee, something like that, uh, where she goes up to the parents' bedroom and both of the parents are in there, but they are not, I'm getting chills as I talk about it, they are not showing their faces and they (laughs) are just saying very odd things. Uh, yeah, that was the yeah. parents, right? Okay, I couldn't yeah. tell if that was even people what I was looking at, and then I was like, who's talking? Is it a voice under the bed that's saying look under the bed, or is it the dad and the mom? Yeah. And then I was like, I, I was I was very confused, because I was like, I thought the whole point of the movie was that the parents weren't there, right? Yeah, and I think, like, what you're meant to... I mean, I think part of what makes this movie hard, especially if you're trying to, like like, sort of logically suss out what's happening, is that you know, part of the premise is that the skin and brain can do anything, right? It can create anything it wants. It can, like, make you see things. It can take forms. Uh, it can shapeshift, like, so... The skin and brain. What's I, the skin that's my brain? read of it, right? That makes yeah. sense, okay. So that's, like, the whole thing, whatever the fuck is, like, doing all of this. That's That's my takeaway. I, you know, I'm sure there are other interpretations of it, but to me, I was thinking, like, every time you're seeing something that doesn't seem like it could be happening, it's some manifestation of the skin of Marink's powers or, or, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's way of controlling the house. Like fucking Pennywise shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, basically same thing, yeah. And I think I started interpreting when things were upside down like I didn't know how to interpret that I was trying to think like is he possessed is the thing in him now and we're just like on the upside down basically from this perspective but like (laughs) you know what I mean yeah literally and I was like okay what do I make of this now that we have a different perspective and camera angle suddenly for like just a chunk of it 
Yeah, I didn't know what to make of that either. I just assumed that the thing, whatever whatever was happening, had flipped the house and it was like upside down. It kind of reminded me of like the night house, how it's like the reflective house that he builds yeah, to like trap the, the thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like somehow like a lot, of, some of the stuff too like was similar. I mean, not not as like obvious I would say as the night house. Like you know how you can kind of see the silhouette of the thing through like different shapes through the house. Yeah. And in that movie and then in Skin and Marink, it was like I was kind of seeing a little bit of that. But then like I'm like, I'm also just looking at darkness and I think I'm just trying to see something. Yeah. And I was like, is that something right there? Like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, can I zoom in a little bit? Like, I was like kind of more just like, I want to see some shit. And I think that was where I was kind of just like hoping for something to happen yeah. and waiting for it. And then I think I guess it kind of did. I was going to ask you guys about the face at the end. Towards the end, right? The last 10 minutes, what that face was. That was the skin of Marine, because is that the, the creature? That was my read, yeah. Okay, yeah. it looked like a golem kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, they definitely... I mean, and I think this is where it skews a little bit into, like, uh, sort of spooky YouTube vibes, which is... Uh, we haven't talked about, but this is... This movie is sort of a product of spooky YouTube culture, right? Like, the director, mm -hmm. Kyle Edward Ball, uh, he started out with a YouTube channel where he would make uh videos based on commenters descriptions of nightmares they had had well it sounds like you'd be really good at that <laughs> <laughs> just from this yeah 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 i mean this definitely i i don't know i think there actually may have been like one of the shorts was What's just this? like stretched into feature length for this movie but mm -hmm. that's actually a good transition because we should get into the youtube horror of it all and like this idea of like all those shorts and like how when they're turned into movies. I want to talk about that. So. The cinema of the unsettling is a growing film movement. What's the story? What, what there is, is no story. What, yeah, it seems like there isn't a narrative. Maybe the filmmaker realized that even narrative is comforting. So uh, I think I think what's interesting about YouTube horror is that I'm sure we all have like different things that we were like into because there's kind of a lot of different flavors. But I think it's a good topic with this because I actually, I haven't even seen any of this director's like YouTube shorts, but I would be interested because I think that would work a little bit better for me. I think I struggle with like the longer runtime for a lot of these, but I'm curious what like what was your exposure to YouTube horror? Like what you like to watch? Like what was the thing that you were checking out or freaking you out? Yeah, for sure. I uh, YouTube uh, was founded when I was in my uh freshman year of college i think um damn no just kidding and so, yeah i know uh, <laughs> i'm just kidding no no i i uh, yeah anyway um <laughs> so I, think, I think it like took a while for there to be horror on it right because like yeah. you know the beginning days of youtube were just like the most random stuff you can imagine i don't think anybody had really like figured out what like a content creation model on youtube was for those first couple years so like uh yeah it took a took a while for me to be aware of spooky youtube so to speak like uh and i think like even now i only really am familiar with the the most notable examples of it like i'm i'm familiar with slender man uh and like recently i i have become familiar of like the backroom series uh and i think that's pretty cool but like yeah i uh i haven't gone very deep i i think avery maybe you were uh you were a little deeper in this with your friends in high school you were saying I mean, YouTube definitely became the, like, sleepover activity when I was, like, 13 years old. So, like, early teens and seeing stuff at sleepovers and then going to bed and, like, 
just laying there all night and your friend just sleeps soundly. Like, I feel like that would have been Renee back in the day, maybe. But like, oh, my God, I saw shit and I would like call my mom. I'd be like, come pick me up. Like, I can't do this. And some of it would literally be dudes. I have this vivid memory of this one. It was guys just in bed sheets and they had like sunglasses where the, that like your eyes should be like a traditional ghost. And mm. they would pretend to like die and like they'd squirt ketchup on each other. And I literally like couldn't sleep that night. Like I was oh like, my oh God. my God, that was the scariest shit I have ever seen. <laughs> so I love it. yeah, like don't hug me. I'm scared was a big one that like mm-hmm. really freaked me out. So there was like a gap Then I like started liking horror movies. And now I feel like I want to get into like back rooms and I want to watch all this other yeah. spooky stuff. Like Skinamarink really opened like a new subgenre back open. Yeah, yeah for sure. And the backrooms is the one that's going to be turned into like a feature length movie, right? With the kid yeah. who's like, what is he, 18 who made that? Yeah, he's super. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think he may even be 17. Yeah, he's like crazy. Fucking young. A. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, good for him. But like, I so I watched that today. I hadn't, I, I'd heard of it, but I'd never, like, this is, Skin Marine was also like something that like opened this whole subgenre to me now that mm-hmm. like I wasn't, I was aware of, but I didn't really like know too much about it so i watched the back rooms and i thought that was well done but i also was like this is why i think a short film is perfect but i don't know if you can maintain that tensity like because i mean granted i didn't find skin rink that intense but like if it that's the emotion it's supposed to evoke it's like it's really hard to keep that and it's i mean that's probably why people are having such strong reactions to it Mm -hmm. um but i think this kind of horror like experimental stuff it works for me in smaller doses, but I'm curious to see what you guys think. Cause like the only one I can think of for these is lights out. And yeah. that was one that I remember watching that. And that was like maybe the first one that I ever watched on like YouTube horror that I was like, Oh shit, that was fucking scary. And maybe that just terrified me because I haven't really seen much else since then. But that one, I saw that it was made into a movie and I was just like, eh, like I've already seen it. You know what I mean? What's the point in extending this with like an unnecessary plot? Yeah, I saw Lights Out the movie before the short, the feature length movie before the short. And uh, I agree with you. I think it works much better as a short than as mm-hmm. a feature length film. And like, I, I totally get the criticism of Skinamarink that like, in its worst moments, it veers too hard into like the corniness of spooky YouTube, where like, mm-hmm. it goes back to these like really bad sort of like horror tropes that like, you know, you want to attribute to like just less experienced directors. They just don't have, you know, maybe as much, uh, they're leaning on crutches if you want of mm-hmm. like, you know, sp- uh, like spooky cliches. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the one I see a lot of people talking about on Twitter is like the, the when it does the jump scare with the uh, the phone with the face on it. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I, I, like for me when that happened, it was definitely like, a, okay, like, you know, this is, I see what you're doing and I'm not loving it moment, but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just think that speaks to like the shortness is what creates the scare factor. Yeah. So like, yeah, that like boom, bang. And I loved lights out the short and I saw the movie and I did not enjoy the movie and I couldn't tell because the, it was just the, also the film quality. Like I think something yeah. about that grit when you're filming something so simple in plot like that it just adds to the realisticness versus seeing mm-hmm. it in like full production. I feel like you're like, okay, yeah, that's yeah. it. Like, this is what we're doing. Like lights on lights off. Like, yep. <laughs> I feel I like, like, and tell me what you think of this, but I kind of think skin and rink. I could really get behind if it was cut down and it was like a VHS segment. 
Ooh. Like it yeah. would be a lot more yeah. effective to me then. And I think I'd be more on board with the weird thing it's throwing at me if I had less of a time commitment because I that's why like I gave up the first time I watched it. I watched like 30 minutes and I was like, there's still like fucking forever left in this movie. I cannot do this. And yeah. Jace had watched it already because we were like, maybe we should talk about it. But then I was like, I gave up. And he's like, I was like, does anything happen? He's like, no. So I was like, okay, yeah, okay. I don't he know. He tapped out. Yeah. He's yeah. just like, I don't care enough to explore this. Exactly. Well, he finished it. But good for him. He said oh, okay, he can't good. like so, yeah, he can't give it. up. But he said nothing really happened. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, cool, then I'm out. And now I'm like, you know, I still don't really like I it took me a full minute to realize the movie had ended. Like and I was looking yeah. back at my Amazon Prime. Like I was like, oh whoops. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is over. What the fuck? Like, I don't know. I kind of for me, I think it just would have worked better as a short. Like, I like, I understand though, like why this method was used because obviously fifteen thousand dollars is like fucking nothing. Like, how are you gonna do special yeah. effects? And it's kind of like, but for me, I just feel like it's so much more well done in like Blair Witch or like, mm. um, or even uh, especially I think Paranormal Activity. Like that one was yep. when I was like in college, and I remember I watching that. that like, I remember like getting that like. I'm illegally like watching that like on some weird streaming site on my shitty laptop and still being terrified and staying up all night because Mm -hmm. it was like so effective and like literally no special effects. Right. And it was so fascinating what they were able to do with it. And I just think that one didn't have that much of a plot. Really. It was literally just were haunted by this thing. And then they Mm kind of get into more of that later, but I, I think I just needed a little bit more if it's going to be a full length movie. It needs to justify that, like, this is a movie. Like, yeah. I felt like this was like, you know, when you put on like a Yule log, like, this is what I would right. put on on Halloween as like a mood vibe for like just feeling. You're literally spooky. Gabe. Let's throw it on in the background. It's <laughs> yeah. just a little atmospheric yeah, yeah. spook. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> it gives me like a fun, spooky vibe, but like, I like that. You know, I'm not freaked out yeah. by it. So, like, I just think if it was shorter, I would have been more affected by it, you know? I would play this on a projector at a party. I'm just going to say that. Like, I, this yeah. is, that is the number one thing I would do with this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had uh, I had to say coming out of Infinity Pool, actually, but I was like, Ooh. you know, there is a certain kind of movie that I feel like is perfect to be projected onto a screen at a dive bar. And oh, yeah. Infinity yeah. Pool is that movie for me, but like I think Skin and Rink also for a certain kind of dive bar is that movie. Give me Skin uh, and Rink yeah. at a bar on Halloween and I'm all yeah. I'm into it. I'm yeah, all in. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just seeing that like blown up on a wall out of context. So, like yeah. any one of those random scenes is uncomfortable to look at. But like it's yeah. not yeah, you know what I mean? It kind of felt like this movie was just like an art exhibit, but like in a movie, right? Where there's mm. no like, plot to follow. And like I think it's so cool that like you could like, I mean the fact that you guys were able to gleam anything from this movie is impressive to me. <laughs> I feel like Andy when he's like I on the office, you know, and he's like Pam and Jim are like talking about oh. like their parents' divorce, but he thinks they're talking about the movie and he's like, I don't think I'm insightful enough to, to <laughs> be a film critic, you know? Pam and Jim are really smart. Yeah. They're yeah. so insightful. Like but you guys are like actually insightful about this shit. And I'm just like, I, I think it's just too much of a stretch for me in a movie, which is weird because I'm all about like, like, especially I think in TV shows, I'm more about like where I, my brain has to really work at it and like mm. put things together. But it's like a long term investment, I think is really what I'm going to get out of that eventually. 
Game of Thrones kind of burned me on the the, the thing, <laughs> but but you know what I mean. Whereas like this one, there was just nothing for me to to follow, and I was asking so many questions the whole movie of like, what the fuck am I looking at, <laughs> and what is this that I just kind of like was out of it. Yeah, I get that. I, I think there is. Like, first of all, I would say, I don't think there's any right or wrong way to enjoy something. Let totally. me qualify that immediately. Like, <laughs> there are certainly <laughs> some wrong problem. ways to enjoy things, but I think as long as you're, like, trying to, you know, get into it, I don't think, like, I, I don't agree at all with this culture of, like, you know, you have to beat yourself up for not liking something or, like, thinking yeah. you should like something that you don't like, whatever, you know. like it's so toxic. Ultimately, this is a form of entertainment, and if you're not entertained, like, there's no like you don't have yeah. to fucking impress anybody with your taste like yeah right yeah. what is that uh, people just want to fight nowadays and i don't get it i've been the opposite where i'm like i would rather just not fight ever like i don't want to start i'm happy with whatever anybody says i occasionally will get passionate about a hot <laughs> take but i won't be like i fucking hate you you deserve to die like that's really intense you know like, that's... Yeah, like unless it's keanu reeves right Renee? unless it's... okay but now that makes me more of a villain i i think keanu reeves is i'm sure he's a lovely person from all accounts i've heard he's just delightful as a human being but like as an actor i think he should get another job that's all <laughs> i'm like man i mean I'm at keanu yeah. reeves. i know it's a hot take but that's that's what i'm here for i think um, I, you know, I think just overall with this YouTube horror thing, I just wish this movie was more like Salad Fingers. I think that's what I was missing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I think it goes back to you. If it changed the artistic direction of it for some little things about it, you could have gotten a whole different audience, too. Yeah. Like, sure, yeah. I think the other thing is, like, there is, you know, there are a lot of, like, little kernels where you can see, like, kind of the borders of a YouTube video in it. Like, you can kind mm -hmm. of say, like, all right, this scene in the bedroom with the parents, this feels like a short in itself, right? And yeah. like the scene where he's walking on the ceiling, or the, or the couple scenes where he's walking on the ceiling, yeah. I think also sometimes feel like a short in themselves. And like- The cartoon loop. The cartoon That's the one that loop. felt very YouTube-y to me. I, yeah, I mean, I, I've already gone on record as saying I did really like this movie, but I that was like one of the <laughs> best it, parts Griffin. to me. was like the, I, I think, yes, for, for anybody who hasn't seen it, the- uh it is a uh essentially your understanding that like sometimes you're seeing things from the skin of rank's perspective and sometimes you're seeing things from the kid's perspective really? and in one of these skin of rank perspective scenes the skin of rank is watching uh one thing we haven't talked about is that there's old cartoons playing on the tv the entire mm -hmm. movie like like tapes of something yeah 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 like there are these old like uh um what do you call it fair it's, use uh it's they're, they're like in the money yeah yeah public domain cartoon footage playing the entire time and so like they're uh cartoon characters that most of us i would guess are not super familiar with like um but one of them is is showing uh a character i don't remember what he's uh Creating no, I, I got and it. I got it. You got it? What is it. Yeah, it's a magician act, and it's from a cartoon that predated Bugs Bunny. This is what I read in that article, and it's a snippet that was eventually the character that became Bugs Bunny. But he's oh. a magician act, and he's doing like instead of pulling a rabbit out of a hat, he's making the rabbit himself. He's making himself disappear. Yes, and it's all about, and I think that ties into the movie so well because it things reappearing and disappearing right, is like right. the whole thing that the skinnamarink is like doing to these kids so i yeah. feel like it's just showing him like doing his own act like it, oh it's so creepy yeah i think it's really cool because you're seeing like you don't always get a like you definitely get a sense i think at certain times that the skinnamarink is like 
it is uh, looking for somebody to play with, right? Like mm. it's looking for sort of a play partner, but it is also, you also at times see like, especially in that scene where, uh, it's, yeah, like like Avery said, like he's, he's uh, kind of, his hands are like uh, at the top and bottom of the screen and then they will kind of come together. Like and clap. as they come together, he disappears within his hands, right? And then he opens them back up and reappears. Uh, and it is this like vanishing and reappearing act that like you like you are watching this cartoon play out, and then once it's this this clip has finished, it will rewind to that mm -hmm. point uh, at the beginning of the of the vanishing act, and then it will uh, it loops several times, right? So like I think my read of this, what you're understanding is that the Skinamarink is like fascinated with this, right, and loves this like like out of all the cartoon footage, this is the thing that it's like really you know taken with yeah yeah uh, it's yeah. like relating to it almost it's seeing itself yeah. in media it's like oh my god it's me yeah he replays it for the kids he's like do you get it do you get yeah. it it's Walt me. Disney gets me oh my god you guys i feel like i did not watch the same movie as you this is like i don't know how you guys must have like fucking superpowers i just like breakdowns <laughs> yeah. i think any movie i see and i don't understand and i get somebody's like hot take and it if it resonates with me i'm like yeah. okay that's what the person was doing and i just like disassociate yeah. that that person making the movie probably had a completely different goal yeah but whatever this blogger said i'm like yes that is right that that makes <laughs> totally. sense to me <laughs> Interesting. I, I agree with the take that like most i i think it is better for creators like directors or screenwriters to not talk about what yeah. the thing is about right to like let the audience decide what the thing is about i think that is like it's so anytime fun. you hear something like I feel like there's a lot of things where people are like, I really want to know what the director thinks it's about. And then as soon as the director says what it's about, it's always like, oh, no. okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, right. That's boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah I totally. Agree. It's better when we can like debate it. It's like David Lynch when they're like, he'll say something and they'll be like, oh, would you care to explain like how that affects like this? No. And he's like, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the right call. That's the right call. What yeah. a move. Yeah. If you have that power, why wouldn't you not? I mean, and what a guy to do it because his shit makes zero sense like i've seen twin peaks a million times now and i still don't get a lot of it and i love it but it's like yeah. i've watched i watched this one my friends i mean like a four and a half hour video of this guy explaining twin peaks like in this insane in theory yeah. of how <laughs> it's like a commentary on television and it was fascinating. And I got like, I was like, man, this is probably not at all it. But like, I'm all in on this. <laughs> I love yes, that shit. Yeah. Cool. I love that yeah, shit. Totally. Like, I'm normally like so able to get that. But I just feel like really dumb that like all this movie, I was like, I don't know. Is there, is this a nightmare? Is this really happening? I've heard people say that the kid was in a coma after he fell down the stairs. I didn't even know he fell down the stairs. I mean, like, I think he said that. But I, and then I think in the article that Avery that you sent me, it said, that like the events aren't all happening on one night and i was like i'm sorry what yeah, yeah. it happens yeah. over like a long span time. of yeah. time especially at the end i think it's been like four years or something how like do you that. know that they keep going to sleep and then waking up and Are then they? yeah yeah there's a lot of like scenes of them like going to sleep and then oh my god okay wow yeah. 
Some people then, notice. Some people notice some sharp also. shit, but like, yeah, I read a lot of it after the fact, and I just roll with it. If I'm like, yeah, sure, it was four years later, I believe you. <laughs> wow, really? I did they not get it. There's like that. a there's like a caption at one point where it says like hundred and some days later. It says the days. Yeah, it says yeah. the days. Oh my god, you guys. Okay, now I'm really like dumb. It's that one time you like glanced at your phone. It was like six hundred days later, and you look yeah. up. You're like, okay, it's the next day. Like that shit. <laughs> And that's the problem because it's so slow burn, but you have to be like glued watching. Right. But I feel like, like if I was that glued in, I would have left. Like if I was at the theater, I think I would have, I would have just gotten up and been like, "Can <laughs> it I get burns my money you back? up?" Yeah, yeah. But like that's just because like I just don't think I could be that focused on that nothing for me. It felt like I was trying too hard. I couldn't do it. Like this whole movie, I was just going, "What is this movie?" In my notes, like, "What is happening?" <laughs> and then I was like, "It's over." <laughs> <laughs> like it just it was all like it took forever but then all of a sudden it was over it was just very strange <laughs> i'm worried yeah. that that is going to be a similar reaction to if they make the back rooms a movie yeah right? i really like the back rooms and i'm scared it's not going to have enough of a plot to be like a feature-length film and yeah. it's just gonna what flop and everyone's gonna be like what the hell yeah yeah exactly. i think part of the charm of or the charm i mean part of the appeal of <laughs> no it's charm uh, it's charm back, for me it's charm. yeah nice <laughs> uh, it's a very charming film series uh the uh i think part of the appeal of back rooms is that like there isn't you don't know what's going on like that yeah, is the yeah. disorienting nature of it is like you are yeah like it, there's I, zero I context be, yeah. yeah i think it would be as as good if it was trying to tell you what it was about <sighs> yeah but that's like what they will do with it although however sorry i would say that if it was a normal studio but because it's a24 i feel like they'll just lean into the weird and not give you any contact they might make it weird they might make it where you're literally like sure. pov you're in the back rooms like they don't give context of a person mm. like entering the space like you might just the film might just start waking up and you don't even know what your like figure is you're just yeah and like i'm all for like situational horror and stuff like that but i think i just like most of the situational horror that I watch, I like they establish a little character before shit happens. And so, mm -hmm. and plus, the, like, the weird thing about this movie is that they don't show the characters like from the front at all, ever, except for like the girl when One she has time. no eyes yeah. and no face. And you're like, or no mouth. And you're like, what the fuck is this? And I just yeah. I thought this was all a dream that the kid was having while in a coma when I read that he was supposedly in a coma or they fell down the stairs. And I was like, uh huh. That's like the closest I can get to understanding this movie, I think. And that, and then when you said the Skinnerink is a creature, okay, now I can kind of get on that. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit more sense. But like, I, I just, I want to know. I know you're not supposed to like. That's the cardinal rule of movies is to not give a lot of information out about the villain or the monster. Right? Once you show too much of it, I feel like it becomes yeah. less scary. Yep. So like, I, I don't. It's not like I necessarily needed more, but I would have loved to see some creepy ass shit. That's all. I know yeah. they have no budget, so it's unrealistic for me to demand that. But, you know, that's one of the charms of, like, the thing, right? Is, like, the creature's so grotesque <laughs> and so upsetting yeah. that, yeah. like, it's so, like, freaky. It adds yeah. to that. I need a little bit of that. And, like, you know, I know I, I you kind of get a look at it, I guess, at the end. But I just needed a little bit more and a little bit more energy. I think I'm just lazy is what this comes down to. <laughs> I'm curious. You guys should watch that World's Fair movie. I'm curious what you'll think yes. about that. Yeah, that's to, like yeah. another YouTube, or it's like a. Is it like a social media? I, I we were talking about this it's like recently. YouTube horror. Like YouTube, and then also like social media horror is kind of like another thing yeah. too. Like um, iPhone. 
unfriended even or What's like that one um, where the guy dro- the stranger things guy drives around yep i was just about to say stream uh, spree. or something spree spree i oh. love that one where he's the lift or the whatever driver uber driver basically and like live streaming him killing all of his people that he picks up mm-hmm. it's great oh i haven't seen that but it's all from like the screen frame is all like you're watching and i cameras in yeah. his yeah, yeah it's all the yeah. cameras in the car and like people's Shut phones up. and shit yeah i don't know or like yeah. um did you guys watch deadstream no. Yeah. Okay. Deadstream is on Shutter. Griffin, you should watch it. It's like oh, Evil Dead, but with yeah. found footage and with a haunted house. I and love it's found so footage. Yeah, I'm in. And um, did you footage. watch? You guys. Okay. I know we mentioned VHS earlier, but do you guys like the VHS movies? Love. VHS. I have not seen the VHS movies either. What? Okay. Oh, wow. you gotta watch. I know, I know, I know, I know. If you like Spanish, <laughs> like... right? Is that right? Spanish. Hmm. No, that's Wreck. Oh. Okay. Got it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, which I have, I need to see. I haven't seen like the American version quarantine, but I've heard you got to see Wreck first because that's like okay. the Spanish version. It's way better. But no, VHS is where it's like an anthology and they're all like, there's like a main story of like these people. There's like different VHS movies now, but the first one is like all these cool directors that are doing it. So it has like the guys, uh, the radio silence guys, mm-hmm. and it has um, fucking David Bruckner Ooh. and Ty West. And all these fucking mm. cool dudes, and they all do like little shorts, and they're all like VHS tapes that these guys who are like on a job to rob this house and steal, and they find all these VHS tapes and they start watching them, and there's like oh a dead God, body. So good. And then it yeah, shows cool. the segment, and they're all different. Like they just are all freaky in different ways, and that's why I was like, this movie just feels like a really long VHS segment. Not all of them are always great, but like it's a cool vibe. I just need a little bit more story. And if it was shorter, I think it would fit perfectly in that genre. It totally would. It totally would. And I struggled with VHS at first. Like when I put it on the first time, I was like, what am I watching? Like, this is so confusing. And then I just, yeah. Once your brain like clicks over to it, you're like, okay, I get the thing. Uh Uh-huh. We're watching little blips. Yeah. You kind of get through like, um, like I think the the open or the main like connecting segments that you kind of come back to like the overarching story between segments is never that great. Like I always kind of yeah. been like that one's just kind of whatever. And then each of the tapes, it's like some of them are really good. I think in the first VHS, the first segment from David Bruckner who did The Night House and uh, uh, I like yeah. the first one yeah. the best all time. Yeah, the ritual. That's like a movie I watch just for comfort all the time. It's so ritual good. Rules. The ritual. Yeah. It's oh, ritual some movie. of those. Oh my god. Yeah. No, that's definitely a background one for me. Hmm. Yeah. It's so good, and I think this movie just feels like I think very similar. Like a lot of these YouTube horrors, I think would fit perfectly in the VHS tone. I think I just even like some of those don't give you a ton of plot to go off of, but I need a little something and. I, I'm glad that we all watched it though. Like, I'm glad to say that I've watched it. I'm not gonna shit on this movie forever. Like, I'm happy for this guy that he did this cool thing and it's experimental. And like, I'm all for it. I love artistry. I think that's great. Not for me. I don't care if you yeah. like it, Griffin. I still respect you. <laughs> yeah. No, I think like yeah. I feel like even if I don't like it, I would tell people to watch it just to like expose them to something weird. Like I'd be like, just yeah. give it a shot. Just give it a shot. I'm Go not even going to tell people that I hated it. I'd just be like, just put it on at a party. Just put it on. <laughs> yeah. Dinner party is ideal. Yeah. See what happens. Get weird. 
I think I'm thinking of just the office where they he shows them that creepy film and then they're yeah. all like, what is yeah, like this? the Halloween party. Yeah. yeah. So funny. It's like it would be the perfect thing to put on a Halloween party, honestly, right? We'll yeah. put it on if New Engine ever gets together for a Halloween yes. or any sort oh. of party. We'll be the ones to be like, we got it. We got, we got it, it, guys. It. We got the perfect <laughs> movie. I'd be a little offended if they didn't come to us for a Halloween party, though. Like, I mean, I feel like we would just be the first things to go to. Like, this is the spooky club, right? I yeah. Hope so. I hope so. What's the club in, uh, in Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, God. That's a question for your generation. Oh, fuck <laughs> if I know. I do know... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> my sisters watched it. My sisters watched it. I watched it too. I can't remember shit though. But I do remember what the you're talking Phantom about. The Phantom Club? Uh Are you talking about the Midnight it. Club? Is it called the Midnight Club? No, that's like that no. Mike Flanagan show. No, based yeah, on no not, that, not that. No, it's the like in the world of Are You Afraid of the Dark? There's like mm. the kids are always meeting at the campfire and they tell the stories and they call themselves something. I, I don't The remember. Midnight Society? Ooh, is that it? That sounds that sounds right. Yeah. It's a little yeah, fancier yeah. than just the club. We're a society. Oh, you know, yeah. we're yeah. like structured. I yeah, like exactly. it. And kids, of course, are known for their structure. Yeah. <laughs> no, Those I people think were organized. They got together once a week to tell a ghost story. Around <laughs> a fire nonetheless. Like they were yeah. efficient in their spooky like, setting. Yeah. Like now that I'm an adult, like, yeah, lighting a campfire is not a small feat. Like you gotta oh, bring God, materials. Man. Yeah. Plus, being out in the fucking woods? Yeah, right. Are you kidding yeah, me? No yeah. way. That's if too we much. did that now, Renee would be out. She'd be like, I'm going to run. Out. I'll do it in my, like, my form of outdoorsy is, like, drinking out on the patio. <laughs> and it's like a and the next thing. rocking chair. Yeah. Like Maybe that. a little blankie on your lap. Exactly. But I have to go back inside in 20 minutes because I'm, like, allergic to the sun and all the grass. So, <laughs> good life I lead over here. But, uh, but yeah, no, this is really fun. I'm glad that we watched this movie. In the, and I like that we all had different opinions of it. I think it's very interpretive. It hasn't turned me off of artistic movies like this. And I would still be interested in experimental horror. Honestly, anything horror. Like, I'm never, I'm never not going to try it. Any flavor. It might not always be for me, but I'm here for it. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't want to in any way tell you how to enjoy anything. Uh, but I would say, the only thing I would say is that for me, the way that, like, I found it easier to enjoy stuff like this is, uh if you can like try to let go of whatever expectations you have from the beginning and like as soon as you hit that point where you're like i have no idea what's going on like that is the perfect point to just like surrender entirely and just say like all right take me wherever you think i should go and like that's true let it happen i'm okay with doing that in most horror movies i'm like really open to the idea but for some reason i think it just has to be exciting and i'll be all open to it if it's like really interesting or something exciting happening and it's weird as fuck and i don't understand i'm a lot more inclined i think but you're right i think i just i think the the thing is i think we've we can all agree i need to do shrooms and watch this movie <laughs> and then i will tell you guys what what i thought about it if it your were. new yeah. hot take my yeah. new hot take is that i should watch every movie on shrooms a secondary a secondary watch experience if you will yeah <laughs> honestly i think it'll be a fun experience but but yeah, I think I think this was fun and I'm glad that you guys joined me. And, you know, if you guys want to stick around, we kick Jace out of here. That's you know, <laughs> something we can talk about off the air. There's always but, room for one more. But yeah, thank you both for being here. This was a great time. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Renee. 
I'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic. Maybe I could be a food critic. These muffins taste bad. Or an art critic. That painting is bad. All right, I'm back. How dare you say maybe you don't need me? You're never getting rid of me. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm Jace. the regular or the ex- exclusive. We've never determined, but I'm here to stay. I, I, took, a, I took a little break, but I'm back, and I have some thoughts. Uh, but real quick, a uh, big shout out to Griffin and Avery. Thank you guys for filling in. You were great. That was that was some fun conversation for a movie that was not very fun. Yeah, they they made me feel pretty dumb, but I really enjoyed talking with them, and I think we'll have to have them back. I agree. Uh, and we need to just have an episode where you're gone, and then it's just me and them, and then, you know, we just have our fun. All right, Jace, but you're not getting rid of me either. <laughs> Never. You're, you're, the, you're the fun part. Oh, I will say I did miss you. Your structure is, is very important, <laughs> and I feel like you really are a good leader here because... Without you, I'm just throwing shit at the wall and figuring it out as I go. Well, hey, you had great aim this week. So Thank you. Proud of you. You did great. Um, so I just had a couple notes on Skinnamarink, you know, as we're outroing this this episode here. Overall, this was not a movie for me. Uh, huge props to to the guy who did it on that budget. You know, mm-hmm. I don't hate the player. I hate the game doesn't mean that i like to play your 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 play with you on the same team i don't know uh but yeah i will never watch this movie again it was interesting but here's some of my big takeaways um this movie looked like the early days of instagram where everything was just over filtered as shit yeah the whole time (laughs) uh (laughs) that's a really good call out because i totally was thinking that but i did not like put it together <laughs> uh, i also thought the main like thing of this movie if i was going to describe it to someone because i don't understand what the plot is yeah um this movie is just 90 minutes of stuff being pulled off screen mm-hmm. and then stuff being put back on screen I don't, I don't know it was just super weird to me this would have been really good as like a like i don't know a 30 minute segment on like an anthology thing but VHS. 90 minutes yeah, it's a VHS that, segment. It Cut totally it down. Is. It would be perfect. I'd be all in. That's what I said in the episode. Thank you. Chase, <laughs> I did miss you, okay? <laughs> this is my level of like, you know, I just am not that insightful. This movie was nothing to me. <laughs> I appreciate what it's going for, but it's just, I'm so glad that you feel the same way. <laughs> and then the last thing is that, you know, that people are going to compare this to Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity and the whole found footage genre i don't even think this qualifies as found footage based off the camera angles and everything i think this was abandoned footage <laughs> it was just people recorded something they dropped it maybe someone found it and they're just like nah we don't need to do anything with this it's just that's that's it for 90 minutes just so someone someone left this behind <laughs> that's probably right i mean when griffin said that like Sometimes the camera is from the point of view of the Skinnamarink or the kids. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, There's I, characters in this movie? I just saw you. ankles. We don't see faces, you know? <laughs> I just, call me crazy, but I need to see a face and have a character <laughs> name. Again, my problem with Tenant, the fucking character's name, the protagonist. What is that? I need a name. I need a name. I need a little plot. I need to hear the dialogue. What is the problem <laughs> with people? Is it too much to ask? 
No. <laughs> Apparently it is. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't even know the Skinnamarink was an actual character. So shout out to Griffin. Uh, blew my fucking mind when he said that. <laughs> I mean, the, I know the point of this movie was, you know, to, you know, have the f- same feeling as when you were kids scared of the dark. I don't know. The scariest part to me, and, I, and you guys talked about it, was when the toilet disappeared. I was yeah. like, oh, my God. What? What do we do? <laughs> That's like a legit fear. Like that was the only part that I was like, "Ooh, that would be a nightmare." <laughs> like I can think about that. <laughs> well, you know, and speaking of childhood fears and toilets, uh one fear that I had as you guys were talking about your childhood fears, I was scared of the dark a little bit. But more than anything, I was scared of how loud toilets were. I would do the thing where I'd flush the toilet and then run out of the room because of how loud they were. If this movie maybe incorporated that, it might have been more effective. But <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty weird. Uh, well, we're watching a very different movie this next week. I know you're very excited. I've been wait. I've been ready for it. Oh, Tell God, us what I'm we're so watching, excited. Renee. We're watching Babylon, which is now streaming on Paramount Plus. It is directed by Damien Chazelle, stars Brad Pitt. Everyone is in this movie. Literally everyone. Margot Robbie, Diego Calva is the main uh, character, Manny, in the movie. And I have to say, I had never seen him in anything. I, I would assume he's like a new face, but he's fucking amazing in this movie. And it is three hours long, but the most fun three hours I've ever had since like watching Lord of the Rings back in the day. Because that's a great three hours too. But this one is... It's it seems daunting, but I I tell you, start the movie. It starts off with a bang, and it does not let up. Twenty twenty two is just a movie of three hour long run times. Like when 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 I heard that it was three hours long, I'm like, oh cool. Didn't even phase me. I'm just like, yeah. I, yeah I watched Elvis. I watched Nope. I watched all the watched all the three hour long movies this year. So I will say those are all ones too that are like really slowly paced compared to this. Whereas like. This movie really grabs you. It's like cocaine. That's the vibe. It's cocaine for three hours long, which is crazy, but it works. And it's also a really beautiful movie about movies. So, yeah, I'm really excited to watch this movie because I feel like movies that are about Hollywood or make or anything like they are made to try and get into the Oscars. And this movie, I think it's only one Academy Award. It's like best original song. Like it didn't yeah. get nominated for anything else. So like I'm like, what? What is going on in this movie that the Academy is just like, nope, it's too much. It is because there's a lot. I mean, like I said, Elephant Diarrhea, there's a lot of nudity, a lot of sex, a lot of drugs, a lot of really crazy, fucked up, really over the top shit. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be it's fun. It's a fun one. Yeah, it surprised me. I bought it on a whim and I'm, I don't regret it. But now you can get it for free. So please join us in watching Babylon on Paramount Plus this week. It's going to be a good time. Uh, In the meantime, do all the social media stuff. Again, we are going through Scream on YouTube. So Mm -hmm. we're we're Scream 3 will probably be live as we post this. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But yeah, Scream 3 was a lot of fun. We're doing Scream 4 next. We're getting closer and closer. So if you like Scream, check that out. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, have a a great week. I'm a little rusty. Got to get back into it. <laughs> uh, regular exclusive out. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We out here. <laughs>